0: All right, off the cuff. J.J., Roberto, we're here for another podcast. We were talking the other day.
1: In the hallway. <laughs> yeah. That's where we spend most of yeah, our time that's talking. Where the other show takes place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Usually those are better shows, too, because <laughs> yeah, our, know, our language going isn't going restricted. <laughs> it's the main reason.
0: So you were telling me about, you know, we were talking about the radio business and how so much things have changed. Right. And, you know, then we got on to, so we started talking about your very first job in radio. Right. And then you were telling me about Bob Young. Old jock, yeah. Old-time jock named Bob Young, yeah. But you never finished the story, Ah. so why don't we... Everyone's going to gather around now, and we're going to hear the story of how you got into this business, basically.
1: Well, uh, it all began back in 1971. It was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year at Central Michigan University. I was there to play football and chase girls, because uh, I didn't really like school and I didn't really excel at school type stuff. But anyway, which I, is and, how
0: you got into this business? Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly, yeah. So, uh, and it used to be the summers. My father owned a uh, floor covering business in Redford Township, and I usually worked summers for him. One summer, in fact, uh, my job was to lay asbestos tile in the food concourses at olympia stadium wow i should i should amend that by saying my job wasn't exactly to lay the stuff because that's what the professionals did right my job was to haul it up the damn steps (laughs) cases of this stuff they were very heavy but it kept me in good shape for football anyway long story uh that summer though for whatever reason the summer of 71 uh i was 18 years old and the economy probably was in one of those little downturns right then. My dad really didn't have enough work to keep me busy or uh, to afford to pay me. So he said, I'm sorry. So I got a job driving a high-low for Kroger <laughs> in their uh, bakery. It was over on Middle Belt, I think, or Merriman. They had a bakery over there. And I drove a forklift uh, for the summer as a temp job. And I searched everywhere around town for a job in radio. I had never seen a radio station. I knew absolutely nothing about radio other than as a kid growing up listening to CKLW and WKNR. That was my entire reference. But I knew I wanted to get into this kind of business, either radio or TV or something. I literally applied to every single radio station in the Detroit area and the Windsor area and TV stations and everything else. With no experience, a punk kid, in between college years, and uh, of course, I didn't find any work. Did you no long, surprise. Did you have long hair then? Oh, uh, semi, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was also an athlete, so it wasn't like that ridiculous yeah, back yeah. then. Anyway, uh, finally, a guy calls me back and said, well, I don't have much, uh, but I do have one shift a week that I could use you for. You're just going to sort of engineer Uh, religious programming that's all pre-recorded for nine hours from three o'clock in the afternoon until midnight. I said, okay, great. I snapped it up and uh, went in and he showed me how to do everything. That took a little while. It was a little complicated. Back in those days, you might be even too young to remember these machines, but they had (laughs) reel-to-reel machines. I'm serious. Reel-to-reel yeah. machines that were the size of refrigerators that were like embedded in the wall, and they had them stacked right next to each other. I think there were three or four of them in and a I row. Think I heard
0: about there was something called tape that was used. Yes,
1: <laughs> it was audio tape. That's right. You used to edit with a razor blade. Yeah, right, right, And then you use the razor blade too many times, and the blade would get magnetized from swiping it against the block. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you make a cut with a magnetized blade, and you delete the audio ah, that's in that little thin ah, slice. So it know, sounds like a record-skipping When it goes over, yeah, of course. Start (laughs) over again. Anyway, he showed me how these big tapes, I'd run them from the control room. And then in between the tapes, these were like sermons or other religious programming. I would have to bring up a live remote from a Detroit area church and listen to their sermon for an hour. Then we had families of like preachers with their wife and kids who'd bring their guitars and they do gospel folk music live. And I'd have to engineer their live performance. Then back to the tapes, back to the remotes, back to a preacher. And this went on for nine hours on Sunday. It was a country gospel station called W.E.X.L.
0: So all right, so what about Bob Young, though? When is he coming all to right, this? All I'm,
1: right, I'm, I'm getting to that point, all right? Just be patient. I'm getting there. All right. And the guy who's the program director tells me, look, you're the only one in the building. He said, you can look at and play with whatever you want. You're new to radio. You've never seen a station before in your life. You don't know what all this equipment is. Play with it. Figure it out. Learn. It was fantastic. I mean, I never had as good a learning experience in my life as teaching myself with a real radio station at my disposal. Every aspect of it was fantastic. I wish we could do that for kids these days. Now uh, about three weeks into it there was a guy that came on at midnight and then the format reverted to a music format where they played mostly country but with a kind of a gospel bent to it blah blah blah. He came in and actually spun records on turntables in there so I would hang out and watch him do his thing so I could sort of pick up You know get an idea of what it was i mean when i was a little kid i thought when i heard music on the radio they actually had a live band in the studio that was playing every (laughs) record that's how idiotic i was i knew nothing right (laughs) so i watched them for a few weeks and all of a sudden at midnight one sunday the guy doesn't show up oh man yeah so uh so that guy was bob young no 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 that guy was not bob young i'll get to bob young in a second for crying out loud so So the guy doesn't show up. I've watched him do it. So I think, all right, what are my choices here? There's no cell phones. This is 1971. I don't really know how to get a hold of the program director. So I'm kind of toast. It's midnight on Sunday night. I sit down and start spinning records. What are you going to do? Yeah. uh, I kind of mimicked what the guy had done that I'd seen the last few weeks. Well, the program director that hired me also as the morning guy, as happened a lot back in those days, he comes flying in the station at 6 a.m., cussing and swearing at me <laughs> saying what in the world do you think you're doing and I'm like Pally look I, I you know your guy whatever his name was didn't show up yeah. and it wasn't Bob Young <laughs> and I said I didn't know what to do so I had nowhere to know where to go nowhere to nobody to call I So I sat down and started playing records. He goes, oh, man. Okay, well, thank you for that. I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. And that guy's fired, by the way. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. I raised my hand. I said, you know what? Uh, I would love to do that shift. Make it easy. You can have this all wrapped up in two seconds. Right? Let me do it. And he goes, I can't do that. He said, I really don't want to train anybody again to do that nine-hour stint that you do. It's complicated, and, you know, I don't want to have to go through that again. And I said, I'll do both. And he goes, that's 15 hours. I said, I know. I just got done doing it. And he said, I don't think that's a great idea. And I said, look, I would love to do it. It's one shift a week. I got nothing else going on. I'd love to. He says, let me think about it. So he called me later and he says, okay, come on in this afternoon. We'll talk about that and so on and so forth. So the bottom line is he lets me do it. Wow. So the rest of that summer I spent every Sunday from 3 in the afternoon until 6 o'clock Monday morning, playing radio, learning the game myself. And at the the end of that meeting I had with him, he walks over to the closet.
0: Oh, so the program director is Bob Young. No, no,
1: no. I don't even remember what the program director's name was. (laughs) Whoever he was, he walks me over to this closet, opens it up, and inside are these shelves. They're all lined with these little uh, white boxes of reel-to-reel tape. They were 5-inch reels back then for... Different things, right? And every one of these boxes had a name on it. And the guy said, Yes. The guy said, So pick out your name. And I said, What do you mean? (laughs) He said, Well, you got to have a jingle. You have to have a jingle. And he said, Pick one of those. Uh, When we got our jingle package, we had a bunch of fictitious names made up. Just for new jocks that would come in, we'd already have a jingle already made for him. Wouldn't cost us any more money. It was only a few bucks to get like <laughs> 10 is, extra names. That sung. is unbelievable. Yeah. So I picked Bob Young. Bob Young. Yeah. So the jingle was Bob Young with Good country music on W E X L. And that was the absolute beginning. How
0: many names were in this? How many could you oh, choose
1: from? Probably eight or nine or ten, something you like that. Any There's of the a other whole names? Sh- no, 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 no. They all sucked. Even Bob Young sucked, but. Uh
0: that must have been... Yeah, that was the best one to go with.
1: <laughs> it was. It was pretty generic. So, but th- that's not the end of this uh, crazy name thing. At one point, a few years later, I got a part-time job doing an overnight shift on a rock station in Flint called WWCK, 105, I think was the number. And I do the all-night shift, and then in the studio next to the FM station where we're playing rock is a dawn till dusk station. Have you ever heard that before? Dawn till dusk means the only time the transmitter was on from... First thing in the morning till last thing at night. Oh, so okay. they were on the air from, whatever, 6 a.m. until midnight right, or right. even earlier than that. And then they had to shut down the transmitter. Uh, they did that with stations all over the country so that you they might not interfere with other stations around the country with those signals. Mm. It's an engineering nightmare, but whatever. It was a, a dawn-till-dusk station. And when I got off the air on... Uh, The rock station at 6 a.m i had to go over and turn the transmitter on and sign on the am station in the next studio well they were short of people and it was a pure country station they had four jocks actually they had three jocks from dawn until dusk the morning guy was arnie anderson the midday guy was buck bradley (laughs) and the other guy was clark campbell so, Buck Bradley, they hire me part-time there, so I'm doing a split shift. Sometimes I'm doing the rock station, sometimes I'm doing the country station, and he assigned me the name Dan Dudley. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely true story. This is unbelievable. It was the A-A-B-B-C-C, had to be D-D, so I had to be Dan Dudley.
0: Did anyone use their real name ever?
1: Well, back in those days, it was, uh, I don't know, you know. Yeah, right. Most disc jockeys were criminals and probably didn't want their real names out there. Probably had warrants. So, there is a punchline to all of this that's relevant today. Wow. Exactly 40 years after I walked out of that studio at WEXL as Bob Young with Good Country Music, I walked back into that exact same building 40 years later to work here at WOMC. No way. Same building on Woodward Heights Boulevard. No that was way. WEXL wow. headquarters in 1971. Wow. And I walked back there exactly 40 years later. And nothing had changed. Well, a lot had changed. <laughs> yeah, no. I think the only thing was the same was the stick out back and the big property that we had out there, but it had gone through several renovations. I hardly recognized the place from those days, wow. but even if it was the same, I probably wouldn't have remembered it. A yeah. lot of years and a lot of other things had passed. Wow,
0: how cool is that?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was really a sort of a weird full circle deal to start my career there and uh, hopefully end it here.
0: I am going to make it my
1: mission to find tape oh boy. of Bob Young. I don't know if that's even possible. I think the only person in the world that would have it is me or my mom, oh, and man. my mom's been dead for years. We
0: need to get these tapes. I,
1: who's got, it's not like it's not like there was a cloud back then. Uh, I will dig it up. All right, good job. Good (laughs) luck. (laughs) All right, guys, that's Off the Cuff. We'll see you
0: guys next week. Make sure you go to WMC.com and check out our other episodes, and we'll see you guys next time.